the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Answer. WHK Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group. Broadcasting from the Discount Drug Mart Studios. Proud to be celebrating over 50 years as your hometown. WHK Cleveland. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning, and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. Winter is still with us. It's cold outside. It was 15 degrees at my house this morning, but the skies are clear and the sun is bright this morning. And it really looks beautiful with the snow and the ice covering the landscape and the fields. Even the trees sparkle with their cloak of ice. It's a beautiful sight if you're in a warm place looking out, hopefully with a hot cup of coffee. But be careful this morning if you're outside. The ice is everywhere. Even the gravel in the driveway was slippery. The birds are at the theater this morning. It's going to be a cold day, so they gotta they gotta get their their nourishment. And that lone chipmunk, uh, you know, he'll be scurrying around this afternoon after it warms up a bit. I just spotted him this week. I haven't seen any of them since the uh, winter started. I suspect I'll be visited by all the chipmunks at the spring arrived, but it'll be another three weeks before spring. The official start of spring is March 20th, and until then, I've got this, you know, I'll have to be patient. I have this to-do list of outside chores ready to, you know, once it warms up and dries out, but until then, we'll take a look at our investments and, and check on our financial plans. This week, as Russia invaded the Ukraine, uh, global equities were heading down for the week, but equities suddenly reversed their direction midday on Thursday, rallied, and they rallied uh, uh, half of Thursday and all of Friday as the fighting accelerated in the Ukraine. Thursday and Friday, Western nations added more and more uh, trade and financial uh, sanctions on Russia, and in the U.S., the uh, 
two of the three major uh, stock indices were up for the week. In the UK, the FTSE 100 was down, although it did rally uh, at the end of the week, where while in the uh, European Union, the German DAX and the stock Europe 600 were down for the week, they even, uh, even after their rally on Thursday and Friday. In Asia, Japan's Nikkei 225 was down, and in China, the Shanghai Composite and, and Hong Kong Tang Sing were down for the week. On Friday, the three major stock indices closed at uh, the Dow Jones, closed at 34,058.75. Uh, that was down. <laughs> it was almost flat. It was down 0.06% for the week. So uh, the standard and poor 500, uh, that closed at 4,384.65, and that was up uh, 0.82% for the week. And the NASDAQ closed at 13,694.62, and that was up 1.08%. For the week, so all that coming up and all that uh, getting into the plus column happened uh, uh, during Thursday and Friday, and the stock market was particularly volatile this week because of the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. That happened on Thursday morning. The the invasion sent uh, shockwaves through the global financial uh, uh, markets and. Uh, uh, reliable information uh, was, was very scarce with regard to what was happening on the ground. Uh, as uh, what was obvious is that the Russian armored columns uh, advanced towards Kiev from uh, Belarus to the north. So uh, what you see is while uh, Russian armies also drove north from the Crimea and their Crimean base. And, of course, the, the Russians crossed their border into the Ukraine from, their, uh, from the eastern border of uh, uh, the Ukraine. So uh, the Russian military operation is composed of approximately 20 armored and infantry divisions together with air cover. And uh, it's apparently directed at the major cities in the Ukraine. It is not clear, uh, you know where Russia plans to halt this operation. Originally, they were talked about uh, uh, there was uh, two uh, isolated places to the east of, uh, on the eastern edge of of, uh, Ukraine that uh, were were, uh, separated, almost separated from the Ukraine during the Crimean operation several years ago. Uh, the military action, together with the sanctions uh, being applied to the uh, Russia by the uh, European Union, NATO, the U.S., and all its uh, global allies, uh, will basically disrupt markets in energy, agriculture, uh, mining, you know, and probably other things that uh, it isn't obvious where the disruptions will be. And that, I think, maybe is the cause of what we saw in the stock market. You know, since the start of 2022, the stock market has been moving downward with uh, significant volatility. And the probable cause for the, is the fear that the Federal Reserve has become more hawkish and as inflation has increased and uh, might do something that uh, uh, could possibly end up uh, turning this recovery into a, a recession. And if you remember in September, uh, with the consumer price index at 5%, the uh, Federal Reserve talked about gradually decreasing their $120 billion per month in buying buy, bond buying with the, uh, uh, the bond buying ending in June and then maybe increasing the federal funds rate some months afterwards. Well, when inflation increased to uh, from 5 to 7.5% in January, the Federal Reserve became much more strident and aggressive 
and uh, talking about ending the bond buying by the 9th of March and starting raising the federal funds rate at the uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting on March 15th and 16th. And then uh, that was, and then starting to sell bonds from their approximately $9 trillion balance sheet. They've been accumulating bonds ever since the the Great Recession in uh, 2008, housing bust. And uh, uh, they've they've got a uh, uh, approximately nine trillion dollars worth of treasury and mortgage-backed security bonds in their uh, balance sheet. Investors are fearful, you know, we're fearful that the Federal Reserve focus on reducing inflation, and uh, and if they're not careful, they could cause a recession. Uh, the Russian invasion may have solved that problem uh, because the stock market was suffering uh, heavy losses at the uh, start of the invasion on Thursday, but stocks rebounded Thursday afternoon and Friday. Uh, the uh, some of the news articles indicate that investors, the investor community, uh, probably recognized that the situation in the Ukraine. Impacted the impacted the commodities uh, prices in the markets for oil and agricultural products and and uh, minerals and depending upon how things fall out, this will increase inflation pressure pressures and uh, you know impede uh, economic growth. So, with the possibility of reduced economic growth, the Federal Reserve is going to have to be much more careful in assessing the risk and probably less hawkish. In any case, we're going to see how this invasion with its added complications and uh, confusion will affect the plans of the Federal Reserve. The next Federal uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting is scheduled for March 15th and 16th. Uh, before this invasion, the experts expected the Federal Reserve to take several steps during that meeting. Uh, one, they'll ha- they will have completed their quantitative easing bond buying by March 9th. That means that uh, I think the last time I looked, they had they were going to buy 20 billion dollars of uh, bonds on March 9th, and that was the end of the bond buying. And then uh, the second step was to start increasing the federal funds rate. Uh, which in one quarter percent increments with increases in March, May, June, September, and December. So the idea originally was that the the uh, federal funds rates uh, would go up approximately 1% per year uh, in one quarter percent increments, but uh, uh, what we heard at the from the January meeting of the Fed was that uh, uh, the question was put to them as to whether they're still looking at one percent per year. And the response from the chairman of the Fed was that with the tight labor market and the strong economy, the Federal Reserve felt that they had much more leeway in terms of raising rates. So. The, the best guess now is that they'll probably raise them by uh, maybe w- uh, one and a quarter to one and a half percent this year and another the same amount next year. Uh, and the third step was to start selling bonds from their balance sheet. And uh, uh, the latest guess uh, before the invasion uh, was that it would amount to about $100 billion per month. Uh, starting in July. So everybody knows that uh, interest rates have to increase, you know, because we've got inflation, according to the CPI, Consumer Price Index, at 7.5%, and we've got 10-year treasuries at uh, approximately 2%. So basically, something has to give, and basically, uh, everybody knows that uh, interest rates are going to go up, uh, the greatest fear with this uh, uh, bond bu- bond uh, selling operation, because the bond selling operation draws 
money out of the economy. Now, uh, this uh, invasion of uh, the Ukraine by Russia uh, will probably add another dimension to what the, uh, the plan was, because this is going to greatly complicate their, uh, how they move forward. Um, certainly, the increase in oil and the increase in uh, 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 food commodities is going to increase the uh, inflationary pressures, which... Uh, means that they're going to have to be and may slow down the growth of this economy just by itself. So the Federal Reserve is going to be, have to be fairly careful and probably fairly slow in terms of moving forward. We'll see what happens. The, uh, the, the next meeting is March 15th and 16th of the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. So they should be able to lay out a plan at that particular time in terms of how high these uh, interest rates are going to go, and basically, uh, you know, uh, this this bond selling uh, operation, and you know, the experts are guessing that it's going to be a hundred a hundred billion dollars a month. But uh, you know, we'll see what they decide on. You know, on the on the positive side, uh, the basically the U.S. economy. Continues to be strong. Uh, employment situation reports from the Department of Labor in January uh, showed a super strong labor market with a job growth of 467,000 in January. And uh, all last year, uh, the job growth, the payroll growth averaged at about 555,000 per month. So that's testimony to an economy that still needs more workers as it fights its way back uh, through the uh, park shortage and delivery uh, delays and things of this nature. Uh, It also showed a tight labor market where the average hourly pay has increased 5.7% over the past 12 months uh, ending in January. So far, uh, the economy is showing its strength with a real gross domestic product increasing at an annual rate of uh, 7% for the uh, fourth quarter. And the real gross domestic product uh, for the year 2021 uh, had increased uh, 5.7%. These are huge numbers when you compare them to what we've seen in the past which are numbers like one and a half to two percent uh, over the year. The strength in the economy also shows up in the uh, uh, the fourth quarter earnings. We're just wrapping that up now, and uh, uh, we've been reviewing that for the past three weeks. And uh, with basically ninety percent of the standard and four or five hundred reporting so far. Approximately 80% of the companies have beaten their earnings ex- expectations. And uh, according to the J.P. Morgan report, for the fourth quarter earnings, year-over-year uh, year earnings grew at uh, approximately 4.3% uh, from the fourth quarter to fourth quarter of 2020. And from quarter to quarter, that would be the, the uh, fourth quarter grew 4.7% more than the third quarter in 2021. So uh, the same report basically showed that the managers in the standard and poor 500 companies have been very effective in protecting their earnings. Uh, their profit margins for the fourth quarter uh, were tracking at uh, 13.2%, and uh, that's only four-tenths of a percent below the second quarter uh, peak at 13.6%. That's that's basically the second quarter was when the stimulus programs were still in effect. So the standard and poor managers, uh, standard and poor 500 managers, have protected their earnings in spite of uh, the Omicron, higher inflation, and supply chain problems. Uh, the secret to preserving the earnings so far has been passed has been to pass all the extra costs, uh, such as wage growth and uh, 
uh, raw materials and everything else on to the next guy. So finally, it comes down to us as the consumer. And uh, basically, from what we're seeing in terms of uh, spending, uh, the people are spending. The consumers are spending. Uh, the uh, Apparently, the uh, stimulus, the money from the stimulus programs, the money from uh, uh, people not paying their uh, mortgages and their rent, the uh, forbearance, uh, that's over now, but uh, and not paying their, uh, uh, their uh, school loans. Uh, all that money is accumulated in the uh, savings accounts of the consumers, and they are uh, they're complaining about inflation, but they're sp- they are still spending. If we take a look later in the, in the program, we'll take a look at the uh, personal spending for January, and basically uh, that showed that the personal spending was up uh, 2.1% in January from December. That represents an increase of about $337.2 billion. So uh, inflation uh, continues to be a problem. Uh, Also, uh, we'll take a look at uh, what the latest personal consumption expenditures for January look like. uh, What we've seen, and we'll talk about the details of that later, but it... uh, for January, the personal consumption expenditure, which is very similar to the uh, consumer price index, it increased uh, six tenths of a percent in January, a month to month, and increased 6.1% over the last 12 months ending in January. And then if you take out food and fuel uh, and talk about the core personal consumption expenditures, those numbers go down a little bit. For instance, the month-to-month increase is uh, five-tenths of 1%, and the uh, uh, annual, the year-over-year number is 5.2%. Those are still big numbers, but not as big as the Consumer Price Index that uh, uh, was reported uh, a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, the... uh, the CPI numbers were increase of uh, uh, six tenths of one percent, and a twelve month increase of seven point five percent. The personal consumption expenditures numbers are the ones that the Federal Reserve considers the best indication of inflation uh, because it takes into account uh, different. Uh, 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 decisions that can be made in terms of substituting uh, less costly uh, uh, items in, in the purchases. And also, uh, if you take a look at uh, another thing we'll be talking about is the manufacturing. Uh, manufacturing is basically above uh, where it was in uh, 2000 and uh, uh, was before the COVID struck in uh, 2020, and uh, we reached that mark last October, and the manufacturing uh, durable goods numbers are up uh, 1.6% in January and uh, following a 1.2% increase in uh, December. In fact, the manufacturing uh, orders have gone up basically, I think, uh, eight of the last nine months, and of course, the uh, if you take a look at uh, a qualitative uh, indicator of how good the manufacturing is, the market corporation puts out a uh, purchasing managers index that shows that manufacturing in February and their number in February moved up. Uh, to 57.5 from 55.5 in January. So manufacturing is strengthening, uh, even in spite of the supply chain problems of uh, uh, delays in delivery and increased costs and uh, uh, back orders. The service industry, according to that report, is also has also increased 
in uh, February uh, to 56.7 from 51.2 in January. The, the meaning of those numbers is basically uh, in those reports, it's a qualitative report in terms of uh, market corporation checks with managers in those particular industries, manufacturing in the sector. And uh, the question is, how does uh, this month compare to last month? And basically, the uh, the neutral point is 50, and uh, anything above 50 is considered to be expansion. Anything below 50 is considered to be contraction. So these numbers have been expanding now, uh, basically for the last year. Uh, one of the things that uh, has been slowing us down, which should should hopefully go away, has been the uh, the COVID uh, situation and the Omicron. Uh, the national outlook continues to improve rapidly. This is from John Hopkins University and. Uh, uh, with new cases, hospitalization, and deaths are all continuing to fall. Uh, daily case reports have fallen more than 90% from their January peak, uh, and it presently stands at about 73,000 cases per day. Case numbers are as low as they've been since November before the Omicron uh, variant took hold. And uh, presently, we have about 60,000 people nationwide uh, are hospitalized, and that's down from 160,000 in January. And the uh, uh, the number of uh, COVID uh, patients in intensive care units has fallen more than 40% in the last uh, last two weeks. So what you're seeing there is that uh, the economy is strong. The the uh, inflation uh, is picking up. Uh, we'll probably see more inflation, particularly with regard to oil and also uh, uh, food uh, uh, commodities like uh, wheat and corn and things of this nature because of this uh, activity. And uh, the, uh, the feeling with regard to the uh, market corrections is, you know, with the market going up on Thursday and Friday, this might be basically the bottom of the uh, of the correction, and uh, um, because this is uh, uh, this puts the, the Federal Reserve in a position where I think they're going to have to be very careful as they uh, set about uh, solving their inflation problem. So. Uh, all of this is really indicative of a strong economy uh, that's basically too strong. It was stimulated, overly stimulated, uh, with the $6 trillion from the, uh, from the U.S. government. And uh, there's too much money, there's too much juice in the system, and uh, it's causing inflation. So, uh, you know... That's a good. It's good news and bad news with regard to that. Uh, there's jobs out there for anybody who wants jobs, and I think they'll they'll uh, continue to get better as time goes on. Now, if you take a look at that versus uh, your own personal plans, what you're seeing, hopefully, you're seeing that uh, your uh, your house uh, value has gone up. Uh, the latest numbers from the Case-Shiller Home Price Index, uh, that's been around for 30 years, and they indicated that in December, uh, the average increase uh, year over year in home prices was 18.6%. So when you take a look at your financial plan, uh, the... Uh, the 401ks have been going up. They've been going down recently, but they've gone up all last year. The home prices are going up. Uh, jobs are plentiful. The question now is to uh, uh, put the financial plan in operation 
or maybe revise it now if you if you do have a financial plan. Uh, basically, have you identified your goals? Uh, have you identified what it's going to take to meet those goals? Uh, are you do you have a consistent method of <clears throat> taking the, your your money from your uh, take home pay and investing it in uh, different funds in order to be able to increase it to the point where uh, you're going to need it in the future, either to uh, uh, start a family or to buy a house or to educate the youngsters or to buy a second house or a vacation house or to retire, depending upon where you're at in life. So the important thing is that you do sit down, develop that plan. Uh, it'll give you a roadmap uh, for the next uh, 30 years uh, that you can depend upon and you can track your progress relative to what's going on and you can make changes uh, uh, to the plan. That gives you a lot of confidence. It gives you a lot of decision-making capability with regard to uh, deciding uh, do you want this and uh, this new thing? Do you want a boat? Do you want a, a vacation home? Uh, do you want a larger house? Uh, the question is, what are you going to give up to get that? Or, um, and that also involves uh, savings and education and just about everything else. So um, put the plan together, make it work, and uh, uh uh, enjoy the uh, the uh, good things about the economy. This is Jim McAuley. Uh You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110. I'll repeat that. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. I'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim Bagley. You can give us a call. Uh, we have that toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. You can talk about, you know, what you think is happening out there in the big picture. Or you can ask questions with regard to your personal financial plan. And uh, uh, we'll see if we can help you there, too. So, uh, Hey, Jim. Hi, it's Colleen. Hi, Colleen. We had a great hello. Gr- hello. <laughs> um, we had a great question from Andy, um, and I think a lot of people are in his position. He says he thinks he needs a pep talk. Um, for the past months, he's been trying not to sell his portfolio and put all his money into the bank, which gives him about two pennies in interest for the month. (laughs) But they charge him $16 a month if his checking account goes below the balance that they set. 
So he wants some he wants some encouragement and would also like to know um, the market went up yesterday and he wants to know if that will continue. So a two part question. Okay, all right. Uh, you know, with with all the, the doom and gloom predictions. Uh, if you feel you need to cut your losses, uh, be careful and make sure you sit down and think twice about it. You don't want to sell when the market is at its lowest and buy when it's high. So no matter how overwhelming the uh, the market frustrations may be, you know, like uh, uh, like they are, uh, they have been since the start of the year. 2021 was a wonderful year. Uh Every month, the uh, companies were increasing their earnings. Uh, they're still in a good position. The earnings are, the economy is there. The earnings are, are there. Uh, the jobs are there. So uh, you got to take that into account. And no matter how, how the markets are fluctuating, um, uh, pulling money out of the market when your portfolio is going down is one way to guarantee that your losses uh, will be permanent. You have to take, take some comfort in history. If you take a look at the uh, the history of the stock market, you know, even though I'll say this, the uh, past performance is no guarantee of future uh, results. I guess that's what we have to say in, in the radio thing here. Uh, there's good reason to look at past performance of the market as a whole. Uh, if you study the long-term trends, the overall historical returns, you see that the markets inevitably trend upward. And that's a, that's a function of inflation, moderate inflation. It's also a function of increased earnings uh, of the corporations. And, uh, you know, knowing that the market will eventually recover doesn't, doesn't make your short-term losses and volatility any more fun to live through. but it can make it easier to put the monetary losses that you're experiencing in, in some sort of a context. You know, uh, investors who didn't panic during the market correction in 2000 and 2008 basically saw their portfolios recover over time. So uh, if you have a solid investment plan, uh, uh, you and your money will get to the other side of this uh, in fact, I think it's going to happen fairly soon. Uh, volatility is a natural part of a financial market, and there's all sorts of studies on how many corrections there are in a year in the, on average, but that doesn't make it any easier when you're going through them. And markets, the downturns are normal, and you, you should expect to live through several of them in your lifetime. When the market is down, basically, I'd, I'd say... Uh, Reduce your looking at the market and and your concern about the market. Don't be glued to the market, uh, but instead uh, sit down and think about uh, how you're going to use this downturn. And uh, it's normal, it's natural, and uh, decide ahead of time uh, how you're going to uh, uh, what you're going to do now uh, to put your portfolio in better shape. And running to the bank is not the best, not, not, not what I would recommend. You might decide to purchase more investments during the downturn rather than seeing it as something to be afraid of. So don't panic, you know, selling your investments because of market volatility uh, is making a permanent uh, solution for a temporary problem. And uh, the... The market went up yesterday. Will it continue? I think this is not just my personal opinion. Uh, I personally think that this um, invasion by Russia um, has is going to have a big impact on how the Federal Reserve uh, tries to conquer inflation. I think they're going to have to be much more moderate, uh, much more thoughtful, uh, much more careful. And... Uh, uh, I think that takes takes away their hawkishness and aggressiveness that they've been displaying all during the fall here. Uh, so, yes, I think uh, perhaps this is what you're seeing now is the bottom of the correction. So, But 
That's just my opinion. You know, the markets will tell us what they're going to do, uh, you know, over the next uh, month. So this is Jim McAlee. Uh, you're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. The toll-free number is 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. A boy went back to Napoli Because he missed the scenery The native dances and the charming songs But wait a minute Something's wrong Cause now it's Hey Mambo, Mambo Italiano Hey, hey Mambo <laughs> Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderful to hear the old songs, you know, and particularly the old personalities too, the singers. Let's go, let's go back and talk about what we've learned this week with regard to this economy and the consumers' reactions and things of this nature. You know, uh, what we're seeing is the consumers have increased their spending in January, uh, even as uh, prices increased, and uh, the fear of the uh, Omicron variant uh, that kind of decreased, uh, and that that basically gave consumers the um, the window to get out there and uh, start buying again, and. Uh, even while consumer spending increased uh, 2.1% uh, or $337.2 billion uh, in, uh, from December, uh, the consumer in- income was approximately flat. Uh, it increased uh, $9 billion in uh, uh, January. Uh, that's less than one-tenth of 1%. Uh, so it's not, uh, that's, I, I regard that as a zero. And uh, that's according to the latest results from the Department of Commerce in their per, uh, personal income and outlays uh, report for January. The report showed that uh, spending in goods and services increased uh, uh, on the spending on goods increased 5.2%, and service spending rose. Uh, one half of one percent in January, you know, from uh, December. The increase in consumer spending came with uh, the strength in the economy. The unemployment rate is down to three point nine, three point nine or four percent, I think it is. I think it was four percent. And uh, the workers' wages are growing at the five um, percent over the last twelve months, and the uh, uh, the gross domestic product for the fourth quarter, according to all the results that we've seen in the earnings earnings presentations uh, for the last three weeks, that was up seven uh, percent on an annual basis. So that three 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 hundred and thirty seven point two billion dollar increase in the uh, personal consumption expenditures reflects an increase of. Uh, uh, $285.4 billion spending for goods and $51.8 billion increase in spending for services. Now, as the, the, the uh, Omicron uh, dissipates, I think the service part is going to go up significantly. Uh, maybe the goods part will go down. I don't it, it will go down, but I think the goods part will will um, see a big increase when the automobile industry gets their hands on some more chips and and can get these uh, uh, cars that they're manufacturing uh, into the dealerships. So they've been producing cars and, and warehousing them. Uh, and once those chips arrive, then the, the motor vehicles will be out on the lots and uh, people will be spending in that particular category. So um, the, the, uh, within services, the largest uh, contributor to the increase is basically spending for houses and utilities. And with the consumer income uh, 
funny part about all this increased spending from the consumer is that uh, the consumer income was flat. Uh, the spending basically came from uh, savings and the personal uh, savings as a percent of disposable income moved down from 8.2% in December to 6.4% in January. So um, economists uh, are forecasting uh, growth, uh, maybe a little bit weaker in the first quarter of this year, but they are predicting that consumer spending will rebound once the uh, Omicron uh, tapers, really tapers off. Right now, it's tapering off if you take a look at the data, but still people are concerned, and they, as they should be. You know, the, the charts that I've seen with regard to the uh, COVID and the uh, Omicron and the Delta indicate that uh, uh, the, the, there's a big difference, enormous difference, between the effects of uh, on the unvaccinated and uh, uh, then you, if you're partially vaccinated, then you have uh, uh, much uh, greater protection, much less deaths. Uh, and if you're totally vaccinated with the three shots, the numbers I remember were for the group that's over 80, which are the most vulnerable people, uh, uh, they were 24% of the uh, deaths due to the covid they were for the unvaccinated and for the partially vaccinated, it was 15%. And for the totally vaccinated with the three shots, it was 5%. So there's a big difference in those vaccinations. And probably uh, soon you're going to see the introduction of a fourth shot uh, in a sense that uh, the people that are, are uh, uh, compromise with regard to uh, uh, organ transplants and things of this nature. Uh, they're getting their doctors are giving them the fourth shot now, and that it basically is uh, that came from uh, studies that show that these vaccines from um, Pfizer and Moderna uh, they degrade with time. In other words, the uh, the reason we got the booster shots was that uh, uh, there was a big study done in Israel that showed that uh, if you get the two shots, uh, you're 95% immune, and uh, but it goes down to 65% immune after six months. So they degrade with time. So I think you're going to hear about a fourth shot for all of us. It's going to become like the uh, like the flu shots after a while. But going back to the uh, the, the economy now, the strong growth, the low uh, uh, unemployment is helping to drive inflation and uh, uh, higher prices are going to squeeze consumers and businesses in the month ahead, along with uh, uh, higher interest from the uh, Federal Reserve. If you take a look at uh, the uh, if you take a look at consumer price indices, uh, for uh, January, uh, the month-over-month month increase was six-tenths of 1%, and the year-over-year year increase was 7.5%. Now, if you take food and fuel away, which are the big numbers, if you recall, when we went over the CPI numbers, um, food had gone up by 7% in the last year, and, and uh, energy had gone up something like 25%, and inside of energy is the gasoline, and that went up 40% So over the last 12-month period. So uh, what you're seeing is that uh, the latest numbers for the um, personal consumption expenditure, which is a measure of inflation that's very similar to the uh, CPI numbers, but it's the one that the Federal Reserve uses to gauge inflation. They show that the personal consumption expenditure increased six tenths of a percent in January and 6.1% over the 12 months ending in January. So, uh, in any case, the, uh, the Federal Reserve 
is going to have its hands full. Uh, but hey, uh, what you're seeing is that consumers are spending because they have jobs, because they have savings, uh, because they use their uh, the time during the stimulus period to repair their uh, charge accounts and and get themselves in good order. Uh, also, when you take a look at the durable goods orders, what you're seeing is that uh, the orders for machinery, uh, civilian aircraft, and other durable goods uh, that increased while uh, increased. Uh, uh, how much did it increase? It increased to 4.3 billion, or 1.6 percent. Uh, to 277.5 billion in uh, in January. So uh, basically, you're seeing durable goods orders increasing eight of the last nine months, and uh, orders for transportation equipment, particularly new civilian aircraft, uh, stuff for Boeing and stuff, that drove the increase with a gain of uh, 2.9 billion. Uh, to 87.6, and when you take a look at at uh, the transportation numbers, what you see is that uh, transportation equipment numbers. What you see is over the last year, uh, the transportation numbers uh, orders have gone up 29.4 percent, and uh, that is that that is probably a small number because. Uh, one of the big transportation components, equipment components, is cars and trucks and things of this nature, which have been severely hampered by the, uh, uh, the computer chip shortages. So when when that uh, when the uh, automobile companies figure out a way around this computer chip, uh, these numbers are going to just skyrocket. So um, in case uh, when you take a look at the uh, civilian aircraft, uh, civilian aircraft uh, uh, was up uh, in the month of uh, uh, January, from January of last year to January of this year, uh, it was up 1,100%. So uh, the industry is there, and the industry is uh, is going places. Now, if you take a look at the uh, uh, February's numbers and uh, February's numbers generally come, they're qualitative numbers and they either come from the uh, Institute of uh, uh, Supply Management or from the Market Corporation. And <clears throat> what these corporations do is they, uh, they check with the uh, managers in the service industries and also in the manufacturing industries. And they talk about uh, how things are going this month versus last month. And according to the market, the latest one for February, it shows that the growth, according to the market corporation, the growth of private sector output in the U.S. gained considerable momentum in February as companies recorded a notable recovery in demand from uh, COVID-related disruptions at the start of the year. Service firms led the rise, although manufacturing likewise registered a strong increase in output, buoyed by a slight easing of the supply bottlenecks. Uh, however, uh, February saw a survey record uh, rise in average prices charged for goods and services. So, in the case of uh, Chris, Chris Williamson, who's the chief business economist, his summary says the Pace of economic growth accelerated sharply in February as uh, virus containment measures uh, tightened to uh, uh, fight the Omicron wave were scaled back. Demand was reported to have revived with supply constraints, both in terms of component availability and staff shortages moderated. He continues with, uh, with demand rebounding and firms seeing a relative modest impact on order books from the Omicron wave, future output expectations improved to the highest for the last 15 months, and job growth accelerated to the highest since last May. The service sector rebounded uh, especially impressively, uh, accompanied by a more muted upturn in manufacturing. 
goods producers remain hamstrung by supply shortages, which, although easing uh, to the lowest since last May, continue to severely limit production goods, resulting in future large rise in backlogs of work. The supply constraints also continue to a further marked increase of firms' costs, which rose yet again to another near-record pace in February. So with growth rebounding sharply and amid resurgent demand and price pressures rising again to an all-time high, the survey will add to expectations of a more aggressive uh, Federal Reserve. So uh, what you're seeing is a strong economy, the uh, manufacturing uh, uh, industries, as well as the service industries, are going just about as as fast and hard as they possibly can. And we, as a consumer, are contending with inflation, which will probably go up because of the oil, because of the, the inflation in terms of the oil and the food prices and stuff like that. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. Spring is coming, and spring is when the world wakes up again. The snow disappears, the temperatures rise, plants grow, animals and birds, they establish their nests, and they start families. It's a new beginning for the world, and basically for us. So, we have to show life that we have a million reasons to smile. As we grow up, we learn that even the one person that wasn't supposed to ever let us down probably will. Uh, You'll have your heart broken and you'll break other hearts. You'll fight for your best friend and maybe even fall in love with them. And you'll cry because time is flying by. So, what you have to do, take too many pictures, laugh too much, Forgive freely and love like you've never been hurt. Love comes with life comes with no guarantees, no timeouts, no second chances. You just have to live life to the fullest. Tell someone what they mean to you, and maybe even tell somebody off. You have to speak up, dance, dance in the pouring rain, hold someone's hand, comfort a friend, fall asleep watching the sun come up. Stay up late and smile until your face hurts. Don't be afraid to take a chance. Don't be intimidated. And most of all, live in the moment because every second you spend angry or upset is a second of happiness that you'll never get back. You are Remember, you are unique and one of a kind. Your life can be what you want it to be. So go out and challenge the world. Remember that being a little scared is part of living. And until we meet again next week, for more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.